This is going to be ugly. I'm just saying it now. If I cry for a few minutes, just know those are my words, and that's all I've got in the moment. Um, But I want you to know that um, my tears are that I feel very freely right now um, is a a sign of um, what God has done with us here in the last 10 years. And um, it's really hard to put into words. And uh, I'm going to try and say a few things um, to capture something of what the last 10 years has meant for us, um, as well as just share with you one thing that I felt God wanted me to share as an encouragement to our Lord's Community Church. But, you know, when we were worshiping this morning, I, I realized again, there's nothing like the local church. I want you to hear this, that it's, it's a powerful thing. When you experience a richness and a depth of friendship, when you do life with people and you stand together and you go through hard things, you go through good things and you realize that you're a part of something way bigger than yourself. There's nothing like the local church. The global church is a remarkable thing and it's mysterious in all its ways, but, it's, but when you commit to a group of people and you just say, I'm going to lock arms with you and I'm going to do life and we're going to go after Jesus together and we're going to partner to see his kingdom come to earth, there's nothing like it. And I just want to say to you guys, fight for that. Fight for that. It, 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 it's, it's, don't ask me to explain why. I'm just convinced it's what Jesus wants to do. So I'm giving myself to do that. And as we go to Guam, um, that's what we're going to do. We're going to build a local church. By the grace of God and by your prayers, yes, you better pray for us. Um, we're going to go and plant a church on Guam. And... Uh, I don't know how we got here, but we're <laughs> but we're here, and uh, it's too late now, right? We just bought tickets the other day, so we're definitely going now. Anyway, I gotta rein it in. Okay. Oh man, you know when we came here ten years ago, um, we we won a big redirect. We were in 2008 thinking of planting a church in the UK where we were. We sense God um, stirring us to do something like that. And uh, there's too long a story to say, and some of you have heard it before anyway, but God kind of one morning just spoke to us really clearly and said, sell your house and everything in it, and in two years you'll be in Oklahoma. And it was like a huge out of left field moment, but we, over the course of that two year period, knew it was God leading us, so we came. We didn't know what we were gonna do. We didn't know if we would plant a church here. Here, we didn't have a job, but we had family and we had a sense of, we just need to trust God. And we came and landed in September 2010. And about three months later, we met with Rock and Beth Bottomley. And as we heard their heart for this church and the vision that God was giving them, we just sensed God say to us, help them build. And so that's what we did. And uh, we came at the end of 2010 and started to be part of this community. And what we found at that point was a a group of people who loved Jesus sincerely and wanted authentic Christianity. 
We were blown away by the welcome that we received. The generosity of people here was just extraordinary. Um, the welcome of having been in, going into people's homes. Uh, our, our house, we didn't have any furniture, but most of our furniture uh, came from somebody's house, probably in this room still today. And uh, thanks, by the way, that served us pretty well for the most of the 10 years we've been here. Um, and people loved our kids, and they welcomed our children in. You know, I remember Jim Miller came up to me one of the first Sundays we were here, and he said, you're going to be on staff soon. And I'm like, uh, who are you again, Jim? <laughs> and it was two years later that I did come on staff, but it was just epitomized something of God affirming to us that he created a space for us here. I remember uh, so many stories um, and particularly memories of being in this very room with many of you here. I remember one Sunday having the privilege with Jennifer and I, we often, as our way, we pray um, after the message and just take time to pray for one another. And we were down here and we had, God had given me a, a word for a guy in the room and it turned out to be Chris Glasser and he came down and uh, I don't think Chris is here today, but I just will never forget, maybe he is, okay. And he, he just was so courageous, he just shared uh, that he struggles with depression and anxiety and panic attacks and just let us pray with him. And it was so powerful, like watching God meet him. And, you know, he later has shared from the front here before how God set him free from panic attacks. And, you know, just stories like that. I remember um, our Lord's has now done, including youth alphas, we've now done seven alpha courses and for those of you who don't know, Alpha is simply a place that is created for people who want to explore the big questions of life. It's particularly friendly for people who don't know what they think about God or want to explore um, the claims of Christianity. And we've had the privilege of leading several courses. And I remember uh, watching Jay Barnett with um, his friendship with George Freiberger. And just he had pursued him, spent time with him, built relationship, and he invited him to Alpha. He came. George did Alpha. And George would say, I'm kind of, you know, I want to believe, but I just don't believe it. I just don't believe the, Christian, the, the message of Christianity. And he came into Alpha, and it was just amazing to watch the faithfulness of Jay's friendship with the way the Holy Spirit just revealed Jesus. And watching George's life change, it's been amazing for us to see. I remember on a very personal note, my mom coming here several years ago, and we were sat in the fellowship hall one time, and there was people praying for one another, and she'd had a back injury for about 20 years, and in the moment, uh, someone was praying with her, and I watched her leg grow about an inch, and to the same length as her other leg, and her back pain all went straight away in that moment. It was just an amazing moment, but you know what was the highlight of that? Um, that trip for us was when Bev Bottomley got together with her, they went out for coffee and she prayed to receive Christ. And it was just like, these are the memories that we carry in our hearts of being here in this community. And there's so much more that I could say. I do want to make a very quick point about the prophetic. Um, the prophetic uh, gift has been... Uh, a profoundly important uh, part of our journey. Three years ago, um, Brock and Amanda had just started um, coming here again, and uh, Brock was on staff as a pastor. And one Sunday morning, it was actually September the 10th, 2017, and September the 10th is the anniversary of when we landed in Oklahoma from the UK. And uh, I, I just always remember that date. And uh, Brock 
gave us a, gave Jennifer and I a really encouraging word about um, what God was doing with us in terms of mission. And a lot of those details I don't remember right now. But what I do remember is that he said this word to me. He said, mark this day um, and remember what God has said. Remember what God has done. And it was like a, a moment for me when the Lord just said, you know it's September the 10th, don't you? This is the day that you came seven years ago. And three years um, on from that, we're now on the brink of launching out from here to plant a church on Guam and, and feeling all of the goodness of what God has done here, sending us to go. And I just want you to know that it's, the, the prophetic gift is not primarily a matter of theological conviction. It's about understanding the revelation of God's nearness. He's with me. He sees me. He knows me. He speaks to me. And you know that there is that sense that it's God who's Emmanuel. He, God broke through the heavens and he came to earth in manifest form and he hasn't left. He's here with us. He leads you. He leads you and I. He speaks. I want you to, this is part of my story, but hear this. He speaks to you and he wants to lead you. He wants to give you the words and the things that are unique to you that you know God's here. He sees you. It's not just this I'm persuaded by the idea of Christianity, but it's the God who is very present and very near. Our Lords, be a people who learn how to host his presence and follow his lead. OLCC has, um, as I'm realizing that at, in the 10 years and as I'm reflecting, I'm realizing that to be a local church that faithfully follows Jesus it's as much about remembering your history as it is about looking forward. And our Lord has navigated some significant tra tra transition over the last 10 years. And although transition is a normal part of life and it's an important part of life, it's a challenge. It's challenging to navigate transition. It often requires grit. It requires uh, getting God's perspective and patience. All things we're really good at, right? The groundwork has been laid over the last 10 years and more and allows us today to look forward with confidence and clarity and faith. Our Lords, we are a kingdom people. We are a kingdom people. We understand Jesus is on a mission and we get to partner with him. We understand that we are filled with the spirit of God and that we carry resurrection power wherever we go. This is who you are, our Lords. This is who we are. You get to be a part of something bigger than yourself and you know, we're in a position as a church now where we are positioned to grow. We're positioned to have a greater impact than we have done. And in the days to come, and the fact that we're about to multiply a church like we're doing is an indicator of this. God has captured our hearts for the, for the nations. He's put something in us to go to Guam and has kindly allowed us to be sent there. One thing I just felt like I should share was this story of, about what it means to be sent. And then I want to speak just very briefly about mission. In 2014, I had the opportunity to go to Albania with a team from our Lords to support and encourage mission partners that we have in that region of the world. One morning I was praying and I was just kind of thinking, yeah, yeah, God, I, I, might, I might do missions one day, you know. And if you, if you want me to go, I think I might be up for it. I was feeling kind of good about myself, thinking, oh, no, I kind of, I'll be ready to sacrifice. And God just whispered to me, he said, um, ask me for the privilege of being sent. 
And it was like this. Oh, I have no idea what I'm talking about. It was uh, this gentle rebuke from him of, it is a privilege for you to go. It is a privilege to be sent by me, to represent me. And I, uh, in 2019, I was at the Vineyard National Conference and I was sat on the floor and I was bawling my eyes out, um, just aware of God's presence. And I realized in that moment that he said to me, if you don't go to the nations, something's gonna die in you. And I realized in that moment that the journey that he brought me on was realizing he wanted, to, he wanted to send me, he wanted to send us to go. He wanted us to know that it was a privilege to go. And uh, he was rescuing me from that place and giving me the opportunity to step into the fullness of what, it, of what Jesus promises. And the point here is that it's Jesus is on a mission and it's a privilege to be sent to join him. God has put the nations in our hearts, but he gives all of us the opportunity to know the privilege of being sent. So my question for you is this. Where has God invited you to join him? Who is he sending you to? Jen, why don't you um, come up and share briefly what you, or share what you have, not briefly, but share what you have, and then I'll go come back and I'll finish up. Okay, great. Thank you. Much time. Okay. Um, I got, I'm, I'm, I'm jumping in here um, to share a little bit about what it's been like for me this last 10 years and, and just, you know, adding to the fullness of that picture. And um, if you know me at all, you know that I wave a flag for freedom. And I really just want you to hear that freedom in Christ is worth pursuing. Um, inner healing has become for me a primary avenue to discover that freedom. Um, I'm going to have to read this because I'm going to take a step back here for a minute. Mike and I, in this process of getting prepared to go, have gone through quite a few assessment type things. We've done like a psych evaluation and lots of these questionnaire things. And you will be pleased, it was a really intense day, you'll please to know that the feedback all came, came back and there weren't any red flags that would keep us from going. <laughs> Uh, however, what did show up on mine, which is no surprise, is the high level of mercy and compassion and also passion. And so as I started writing all of this out, it was like a fire hydrant in me. I've, I've never actually really spoken much about these things. And so I was just like getting it all out on paper. I thought, oh, no, I've only got like 10 minutes to share. And I don't even know how to compile all of this into 10 minutes. So, um, I'm going to have to read quite a bit. So, it is an incredible tool, inner healing, for keeping connection with God. If I am to live fully with the freedom that Jesus paid such a high price to give me by dying on the cross, then I need to stay connected to him in every way possible. He is my lifeline. Um, and the process of inner healing also enables me to continue to live out the good of God's promises despite my circumstances. Said another way, it is part of the ongoing process of transformation. So you all know Jesus invites you, you follow him, and you're meant to experience life fully. But we all know that we don't every day. Um, and when I talk about freedom, I'm talking about living from that continual overflow of God's love no longer bound to sin, 
no longer preoccupied with the troubles of this world, uh, but being empowered by God's Holy Spirit to overcome. I'm talking about wholeness in mind, body, soul, our will, our emotions, um, living power-filled lives that spend more time influencing the world than being influenced by it. That's how I'm looking at freedom today. And if I asked you to reflect for a moment, I'm confident that you would each be able to recognize an area in your own life that doesn't reflect this wholeness, um, this freedom that Jesus paid for. And it's not with blame or condemnation uh, that, or hopelessness that I would speak to that. It's simply the reality that we live in a broken world. And we get caught in the crossfire of the battle that's being fought in heavenly places. Um, I want you to consider for a moment 2 Corinthians 3.18. It says, We will all with unveiled face behold the glory, beholding the glory of the Lord. We're being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. This idea of being transformed speaks of a process. And it goes, it's meant to go from glory to glory, from strength to strength. And all too often we get sidetracked um, by the crossfire. We get thrown off course. We get distracted by what our flesh is telling us instead of abiding in what our spirit knows to be true. Okay, so this idea of abiding, we all know it well, John 15. It's a beautiful picture of what connection with God looks like. Jesus is the vine. We are the branches. We bear much fruit as we stay connected to him. And the pruning that we experience is the loving gardener. Um, who knows the big picture, and it's a natural byproduct of the fact that we are growing already. As the Father loves Jesus, so he has loved us. He says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. And then in verse 9, that was verses 1 through 3. And then in verse 9, he says, As the Father loves me, I have loved you. Now abide in my love. Abiding in Jesus brings transformation. Um, you know that moment that you were reading in Scripture and suddenly your experience doesn't match up with what you're reading? <laughs> um, and if you're honest with yourself, you feel stuck. Well, stuck is feeling disconnected to what you've just read. And it's wondering what you actually believe. It's feeling distant or alone. It's feeling stuck in a crisis of faith, stuck in pain. You come face to face with your own doubt or your own disappointment. You may feel anger or confusion over the reality that what you've read isn't what you're experiencing. You may not even feel anything at all. It may be like a head response <laughs> where you can reason away all the discrepancies of why you're not where the Bible says that you should be. Um, and then you come away from it and you're not changed. And for me, that's like one of the biggest tragedies of our faith is that we can encounter God through scripture and walk away not changed. Um, ultimately, what I really wanna say this morning is that you don't have to be stuck. You don't have to stay in that stuck place. Um, healing is is available to you. And what I kind of wanted to do was walk through this whole process of what inner healing looks like. I think really what I just want to say is it is available to you. And we can invite God into those places of stuckness. We don't have to respond to the guilt, the condemnation, the shame, 
any of the lies of the enemy that would keep you stuck. We simply don't have to live there. And by inviting God into those places with you and reflecting on the past or reflecting on the lies that are being uncovered, reflecting on the pain, the wounds that you've experienced, we all have it. Um, it allows the opportunity for to, him to come in, shine a light on it, bring healing to your soul, to your mind, to your body, to your will, to your emotions. And it allows your, your spirit to grow stronger. And then it's easier to not pay attention to the flesh because your spirit is strong in you and you begin to walk in the spirit much more naturally than we even anticipate that it can be. So really it's about restoring connection with God. This life causes lots of ways for us to get disconnected from God. But to allow him to reconnect you in ways that you have lost connection is gonna fuel you and empower you by his spirit. And so I wave that flag of inner healing and freedom. Uh, we have Sozo ministry here. We have um, Amanda's beginning a, a program that Bridgeway does with inner healing and deliverance. And I think I just wanna demystify all that for those of you who haven't ever experienced it. And I wanna encourage you to embrace pain uh, Jesus endured the cross for the joy set before him. So he didn't shy away from pain. And I think a lot of times in our culture especially, we really want to avoid pain. Um, we really want a comfortable life. And there's nothing wrong with all of that, but we're called to something higher. And so from a kingdom perspective, we don't actually have to get caught in that crossfire. We can simply take what's coming at us as information and take it to our Father, sit on his lap, hear what he wants to say about it, heal the heart, heal the hurt, heal our hearts, make us whole, and then he sends us out. So anyway, I think that's really what I want to leave you with, and uh, I'll bring Mike back up. <clears throat> Best laid plans. Didn't even say what I was going to say, so there you go. We're, um, we're out of time, but I do want to um, just um, conclude with saying something like this. The, our journey here has, 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 has been um, an incredible um, experience. We have found uh, that God has used this season to prepare us, and what even Jennifer spoke about, um, the journey of choosing to go uh, to those places where we, we just are broken. We need, we're, we've been affected by sin, where circumstances, it's actually um, going to those places has enabled us to do what we're doing today. And so I do want to encourage you to embrace that. And the last thing I just want to say is that in the last two years, we've been experiencing as a church community what, what we sense God calling a missional turn. There has been this understanding, a shift in our perspective about turning towards um, people who are outside of the church, people who don't have a relationship with Jesus, and recognizing that God has uh, invited us into that place to reach out, to extend his love, to invite people in. And I want to encourage you guys um, to keep finding ways to do that. There's a, there is something that I've discovered in my time here, which is this is kind of funny. If you knew me in England, they would say that you're really, Mike is not kind of the outreach mission guy at all. He's kind of good at the pastoring bit, um, 
good at helping to train people, particularly listening to God's voice, etc. But since I've come here, it's been like a one message for 10 years that God has been giving me to say here, and that's to find Jesus as you reach out. There are unique things that God has for you as you reach out, as you make friends with people who don't know Jesus. You will encounter Jesus in this space right here when you go face to face with somebody, when he starts to show up and starts to speak to you. And there is a joy that I think that God wants to bring us into as a community of knowing that, of encountering him in that place. So that's, uh, that's it. We just uh, want to bless you guys. I think uh, Brock and Amanda is going to... Esther, I think, are going to wrap up here. But we love you guys, and uh, please join us uh, for lunch afterwards as well.